Good Thursday evening. Oh, shoot. It's not even Thursday. It's Wednesday. I'm jumping ahead of myself. I'm so excited to be here for another episode of the DC Sports Rundown presented by the Sideline Junkies. Of course, you know, the boss, the man, the myth, the legend, BJ, right here beside me. What's up, everybody? And of course, you know me, big guy KG. I'm sure you're all familiar with my voice by now. So, we will be here talking all things DC, well, pretty much DMV, but DC as the base. Uh, starting off, let's start off with DC's team, which is quickly became uh, second fiddle in football as of the last two weeks. But uh, we're going to talk the Washington Redskins to start off. A lot of news coming out of Ashburn today alone. Um, number one, Adrian Peterson's option has been picked up, or will be picked up at the start of the new league year, so we will have AP uh, again next year. Uh, I, I know BJ has feelings about that, so go ahead, brother. You jump into those feelings. Um, I, I, not really feelings, because I know that the, um, you know, the Redskins are invested in Darius Skye, so you need an insurance policy to to back him up because he's gotten injured both his seasons. So uh I did the KG the the running back they drafted that was hurt. What's his name? I forget I don't know why I can't remember that kid's name. That's uh, Bryce Love. Bryce Love. It, it, will he be ready to come back this year? Do you know you know it all? I thought he was uh, only as, supposed to miss one. Right. And that was last year. And in actuality he was only supposed to miss uh, half of last year. He was supposed to come off the pup list week eight. But management and coaching wanted to bring him along slowly and not kind of force him back out there. You mean That's like just... they did Darius Geis? Exactly. And <laughs> a lot of people are blaming that on uh, Jay Gruden because of his distaste for future Hall of Famer and probably one of the greatest running backs to ever play the game, no doubt in my mind, Adrian Peterson. Well, I, I know I express my concern, but with Darius Geis and his injuries and him not being able to hold up for the whole season, AP was solid and consistent. So, you bring Ron Rivera in, which, you know, we all know that as far as a coaching upgrade, that you went from a two to a, a, a solid eight quick. So maybe Rivera and his staff can better utilize AP because I thought he was underutilized. Therefore, when I talked about him on the, on the, in the past on this show, well, I was like, well, the Redskins should move on from him if they're not going to utilize his style of running. Just like I keep talking about, you know, playing to a quarterback strengths. If you're not going to run AP the way that he runs now, anyway, he, he's a downhill runner. You know, not no fancy this, that, and other, you know, and, and, and get him going. Because he's an older back now, get him going, get him in a groove. Then I think it's a hell of an insurance policy. 
So if Darius dies, Darius guys does come back, and he is healthy, now you have a solid one-two punch. Because when guys came back later in the season, the pop that he had, the the <laughs> just the the speed you can just tell the speed upgrade from. Of course, you know he's faster than AP. AP is a, a older back now, but you could definitely see the difference in agility, speed. And if if he could just stay healthy, you could probably see something really special out of that backfield with him and Adrian Peterson. And then, of course, bringing Haskins along. See, I, I, I like that. And what you said to start off, AP being underutilized. Um, in 15 games last year, now he was deactivated, healthy scratch, week one. Why? Don't know. Because that wasn't the plan going into this season. Well, last season. But even in 15 games, 211 carries, 898, five touchdowns, 4.3 yards per carry. That's not bad for a back that's been in the league going on 13 years. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm no, being it's, it's not. It's not. Not at all. Hey, you can't. You can't argue with those. I can't argue with those numbers. Um, I just know he wasn't, to me, he just wasn't being used right. And, and, and I don't want to, I, let me let me rephrase that. I think at times he wasn't being used right. And I think at times the offense was extremely predictable. So, and I'm, I, you know what, Ron Rivera coming in, new coaching staff, um, Scott Turner, you, you know, it's, I, I just know it's going to be a different burgundy and gold team that hits that field when, when it comes to play call and when it comes to everything we talked about, discipline, accountability. So, and now the guys are excited about Ron Rivera. Everybody is excited and, and you haven't had that with this team, um, I don't want to definitely. I don't think that Jay Gruden was sexy or exciting. Uh, I I would take it back to Shanahan when it, when the fan base kind of felt, you know, excited about a new head coach coming in. So I think Ron Rivera is definitely a really good choice to come in and, and turn this around and also get the offense. Him and Scott Turner and everybody else getting the offense going where it's not predictable and everybody's you know playing to their strengths. You know what? When you talk about sexy hires, I got it. I got it. I only think we were really, truly excited with Shanahan. We was just kind of like, all right, all right, we're moving in the right direction. But excited? I don't think this fan base has been as excited as it is now. Because even I'm excited about the Ron Rivera hire. Um, but I don't think this fan base has been this excited since January eighth, two thousand four. And that was the start of the second go-round of Hall of Fame coach Joe Gibbs. So um, I don't think anybody's been excited since then. Yeah, I, I, I don't – I definitely – I don't think the excitement even is on that level because that was a whole different ball game when, when Gibbs 2.0 came back. I think it's excitement. I think I – think because isn't it, and it's not just the coach this time around. Bruce Allen is gone. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
the entire if you follow this team die hard and you know what's going on, you know the issues and problems was was GM Bruce Allen and Trent Williams, the medical staff. So both have been wiped out. Now you got Trent Williams, all the reports are saying that he's leaning towards coming back because of Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera sat down and talked to him, which is a very good sign. Okay. And you're talking about AP. What was it? You said he averaged 4.3? Yeah, 4.3 yards per carry. Okay. Imagine a healthy Trent Williams, a healthy Brandon Sheriff, and if Morgan Moses can come back healthy. Okay. You're talking about an offensive line ready to maul people over. And then resign. Uh, Eric Flowers. I, I'm, and, I, and, and please forgive me for forgetting about Eric Flowers. He's a huge part. You have three, I, and I want, I don't, I don't want to count Morgan Moses out. But if you bring Trent Williams, Eric Flowers, Brandon Sheriff back, you have three legitimate pieces because Eric Flowers proved last year at that position he was playing left guard. He 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 could be top notch. Mm-hmm. And and I said this on one of our previous DC Sports runs, rundowns. The only thing I was worried about with him falling off is because Bill Callahan left. Exactly. And, and Coach Cal got to get all the credit for that because Coach Cal coached him up to play that guard position and a play like that. So we got to give Coach Cal a lot of credit for that right there. Absolutely. You you have to, KG, you have to, man. And then and, and then I'm just I'm hoping that um Eric Flowers, not 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 just, you know, him playing good, but his love for football return too. Cause I know the last couple of years for him when he was with the Giants, when he went to the Jaguars and you know, everybody's human beings too and they read and they and they listen to the media and it's right at your fingertips with your phone and you know, I'm sure he saw you know, the hateful comments, the people talking about him on ESPN and Fox and everywhere else about how he was a turnstile junior, a little revolving door and all this, that, and other. And we, 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 we said the same thing when he came. But you got to give credit where credit is due. Bill Callahan, Eric Flowers, definitely a hell of a job. But I will say this, when they, when they signed him, I said if he moved, if he played, they're signing him as an insurance policy for Trent Williams, we're screwed. But if they move him inside the guard, i.e. like they did with Robert Gallery out in Oakland, which I think Bill Callahan had a hand in that too, if I'm not mistaken, but I might be. But I said if they move him to guard, it might work. And But the reports in training camp was he was getting bowled over. Said Wes Martin was outshining him. But when the season started and the big lights were on, he was the most durable on that line. He was the only one that didn't go down and didn't miss a game. I think Morgan Moses missed one. But Morgan Moses is a guy that, no, Morgan Moses played every game last year. So, but the best offensive lineman was Eric Flowers. Cannot deny it. So Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, without a doubt, man. And, you know, we definitely give him credit here on our sideline junkies. Now we're talking about we're talking about who's uh, staying. Let's talk about who's leaving. 
first off, now this is gonna make you happy because I'm I, I, now. Granted, I don't want to see anybody lose their job. That's number one. Number two, he's not good at his job. And I've heard so many people make up excuses for him in the last week or so. But Josh Norman is finally getting released. Once he's released, the Redskins have saved $12 million. I'm good with that. All the way good with that. But I, I understand what you're saying about not wanting to see people lose their jobs. But this is a business. And this is a business of winning and being, can you elevate the team at the position you play? And if the answer is no to that, then that's when the business part comes in. And you have to go because it's, we're going to talk about three dead weights. And I'm going to let KG get to the rest of them. But that's one huge dead weight that has basically been dead weight since he's came to the team. It's just Josh Norman. That, that has been a weak position ever since he stepped on the field. So now that he's gone, I, I and I want to address this before we get to the other two dead weights. Uh, I, you know, you see all the Redskin fan pages on social media, and man, we should we should go get this for Byron Jones. We should go get the boy from Denver. We should go if, if Darius Slay is available. Are you willing to trade the number two pick? You know, it's oh my goodness. How about rolling with the dogs that are already there that have been buried? Jimmy Moreland. Um, I forgot the other boy name. The boy that Quentin Dunbar. Get that straight. How about putting the, the 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 people in that have been with the organization? How about bringing some people up instead of running to go get people? Because for me, um, I, I was is it Chris Harris in Denver? That might be free. Yeah, Chris Harris. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's like yeah, you could go get one of those guys. And upgrade, but you you kind of back in the same position because I think Byron Jones is commanding sixteen million on the open market. Look, okay, I'm going to if this team is going to draft these young. You're trying to get one hell of a pass rush, so I would let the young dogs play. Go see what you got, and if you feel like you need to add depth to the position. That's where you go to the draft. Um, but to run out there and jump, if, if this team was uh, divisional playoffs last year, middle middle of the pack, you know, twenty ranked twenties in the defense, then I say go get a cornerback. But that's not where this team is. This team has to take a a big hurdle, okay, from being last in the division. Uh, umpteen times in the last 20 years to making that leap to be a winner. So one, you, it's, it's, for me, it's just other things that the team needs first. And, and KG, let me stop rambling. I'm going to let you get to the other. There's three dead weights on this team that are, are, are making their way out of here. So I'm going to let you get to the other two. Okay. Now, I'm going to say this, though. And I agree with you about going to get a corner because if you got a, a, a good front seven, and when Big Jim hears this, I'm not taking a dig at Pittsburgh. How many years did Pittsburgh have a, a great front seven, but their back four weren't all that great? 
uh, 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 what's his name? Chris Hope. Uh, 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 oh, man, I can't even think of the guy's name. I can see his face. I can't think of his name. But they didn't have guys that were great at corner. They had decent safeties, but their front seven was so good it didn't matter. Those things work. Uh, weight number two that's getting up out of D.C. I said it when he was signed because he had a history of injury. He tore his ACL twice, and then he was often injured. Great kick returner if you you know if he got it. He was very explosive. But I said as a number one, he's not the guy, and that's Paul Richardson. Out of here. Get him up out of here. And I, All I, that money. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry, KG. When he got signed, we I, the first show we did after he got signed, we both said, why in the hell are they bringing this injury-prone guy in here? Like, this is going – and then it's like – it's not like he changes anything. He – it's – if I'm thinking of top receivers in the league, Paul Richardson doesn't pop up in my head. Paul Richardson is somebody you bring in, um, just like you said, return kicks uh, to be a uh, – add some depth to your receiving core, not to be a number one receiver. And it's just, you know, his head scratching. So that's another dead weight gone from the Redskins' good riddance. Yeah. And I will say that because you got to get rid of him because him being on this team, I think it's stunt. Now, if he would have played all of last year, him being here and the amount of money he's being paid, it stunts the growth of that young receiving core that you have with Kelvin Harmon, Trey Quinn, who's a pretty damn good slot receiver, um, Terry McLaurin. And I think Terry McLaurin, Kelvin Harmon, and uh, Sims, Steve Sims Jr. I think those those four guys right there, Quinn, Sims, Harmon, McLaurin, those are your four. And then you bring in a guy like, uh, geez, of course I can't think of his name, but I talk about him, Cam Sims, the other Sims. You bring in him, that's your fifth receiver. Those are your five receivers right there. And you got size, speed, and depth. And they're all in-house. Exactly. And that's the same thing I'm saying about the cornerback position. Before you go run out of here and go pay Byron Jones $16 million, go get, try to trade for what, who God knows who, give your in-house guys a chance because I think it's some, you know, some gems that have been sitting beside behind Josh Norman that, you know, it's time to, 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 to see what you got here. Okay, uh, I know you're not going to be Ron Rivera. I'm pretty sure, you know, just knowing uh, Ron Rivera work ethic, I'm already he's already went through tapes. He's already looking at the defense. He's already trying to see what he has and what he doesn't have. So I already know he's going to make that decision. But we all know they're not going to go cornerback in the first round. But I would really I. I you're getting some money off the books. I wouldn't really go. It's other places you need to go spend money at. But, KG, let's go to the third big weight that should be coming off the team. Well, this one is kind of sort of hurtful. And I think I, 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 I was wrong when I was asked about two seasons ago would I go ahead and trade them to the highest bidder and see what I can get back. And I was like, nah, you got to give them time. 
give them a chance. I mean, this may be just medical staff thing. It may be freak. And we all know that the medical staff is what was trash here. And that's one Jordan Reed. Um, he just cleared concussion protocol, and I'm using air quotations here. He's been in concussion protocol since the preseason, since that dirty hit in the Atlanta preseason game uh, last August. It it was dirty. Should have been fined. But karma's undefeated, just like Father Time. And, oh, boy, I can't even think of his name. Don't even want to utter his name. He blew out his Achilles that uh, last season. So karma's a you-know-what. You ended that brother's season now. You had yours ended. But um, Jordan Reed, um, he was drafted in 2013. Now, this is what's funny. 2013, he had an injury that made him miss time. Uh, 14 and 15, he he pretty much he he played lights out. He balled out. He made a name for himself. And 15 was the divisional, uh, the divisional championship for us. He caught over 100 passes, but then 14, 15, and 16, he made a name. He didn't miss too much time. He missed some time, but not too much. But 17, 18, and 19 have all ended with him being on IR for something. Uh, two years were concussions. One year was a hamstring. The Redskins are seeming to be moving on and are going to release him. Uh, I don't see a problem with this. I, I don't disagree. I, I agree. Because you need you need players here that are going to produce and in order to produce you have to be on the field and he hasn't been on the field when we needed him and he was one of Kirk's uh, favorite targets especially in the red zone because he was too big for a corner and too fast for a linebacker who are you going to put on gotta go I agree with you 100% and this is where you know, as a Redskins fan, you know, as a as a human being, you feel for Jordan Reed because, you know, this is one of those things where you think if injuries hadn't taken their toll on his career, he would he would be, you know, ranked among the top. We talking about Gronkowski because he could line up at tight end and receiver, and he was dangerous. And I think he is on his seventh concussion since he started playing football. Yeah, seventh documented, seventh documented, yeah, seventh documented concussion since he started playing college football, and the multiple injuries, uh, the the ligament damage in his toe. So it's it's. I just hope it needs to be done. We talked. We talked about it all last season. We talked about it when he took that dirty hit in the preseason game in Atlanta. We talked about it then. It's just like, and and, and it was crazy. And this will roll into what we kind of ties together. It's just like, how many times are you going to subject yourself to that? Because the reports are he, of course, he still wants to play, and it's just like. If I'm an NFL team, we know how tight that 53-man roster is. I'm not taking a chance on Jordan Reed. I, I can't. It, it, it's just 
you talking about you can get a a, a, a tight end with his bill, maybe better speed. Because, you know, Jordan Reed, is no, you know, he was drafted in 2013. Here it is, 2020. So you can get a younger, faster, stronger tight end that you've you've seen playing college with no injury history. Why would I take a chance on Jordan Reed? Will somebody take a chance on him? I think they will, but it it's it's going to be tough. But like I said, that to make that fifty three man roster is 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 a feat in itself. And when you're building your roster, you you have to, of course, you have to account for injuries. But a guy that's going to be you know, possibly, you know, like he hasn't played more than 14 games. Never. He's never played more than 14 games in the season. So I just, maybe the veteran minimum, you know, somebody give him a shot in preseason to see if he can hold up and go from there. But this ties into the next thing. I just didn't understand why Redskins fans were clamoring and praying for Greg Olson to come here when he's the same thing over the last three years. This man hasn't played a full season. Greg Olson hasn't played a full season the last three years. So you're you're getting rid of one anvil. You know those Acme anvils that used to hit your uh, um Wiley Coyote? You're getting rid uh-huh. of one of those. Actually, you're getting rid of three. Josh Norman, Paul Richardson, and now Jordan Reed. And and, and not to Jordan Reed's fault. And and before I, you know, move on while my brain remembers this, I know they're going to release him, but I hope they take care of him. And I know they probably won't, but it would be a nice gesture just to make sure he's okay. Now, if they made sure he's okay the last six months, he cleared, everything's good, then fine, they can cut ties with him, but just make sure he's okay. It's just a, a goodwill gesture, Okay. But yeah, I just the whole I'm I'm so glad Greg Olson signed with the Seahawks. One, he's not a tight end that can play more than 70, 80% of the snaps anymore. He, that's not him anymore. He's an older tight end. He's gonna be bought in behind whoever they have now. He might play 50, 60% of the snaps. Now, is he is he a good, shifty, elusive tight end? And I mean elusive as knowing where to go how to beat the defense, absolutely. And that's why for Seattle, with Russell Wilson and the targets he already have, adding Greg Olson, being able to go to two tight ends, you know, or putting Olsen. Olsen could still line up in the slot, you know, because he's tall enough. So I think that was a really good move for Seattle. I wouldn't – and Greg Olson, because I, I just didn't understand why he was signed with the Redskins – or the Bills, and neither one of them are nowhere near a Super Bowl. <laughs> I, when you sent me that, and you were the first person that I found that out from, um, it was a head-scratcher. It was mind-boggling. Like you said, you're, you're going from Jordan Reed to Greg Olson. You, 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 that's... Heckle and Jekyll, that's two of the same, you know. I I can't do anything with that. And then I think that's holding back Jeremy Sprinkle. But I can put two tight ends. I can let both of those guys go. I could not even look in Greg Olson's direction. Now, Greg Olson, 
is a damn good tight end. But him not being on the field the last three years because of concussions? Me, personally, I was hoping nobody signed him. Not because I don't like him, because I don't want to see him hurt anymore. And dealing with concussions, we know how bad that is. We've seen how bad it gets with CTE. It's scary. I don't want to see him do that because one thing about Greg Olson, he can play a whole season when he was in Carolina, but that bye week, he took his bye week and would go and work for Fox and would work a game. And just the way he broke things down and he talked about different things, and even when he was in concussion protocol, he made money by going to work for Fox. I want to see him in his second career, which is on TV. He's one of those guys that he puts you on the mind of Chris Spielman. And I think Tony Romo is like former players. Tony Romo is tops. And then after Tony Romo, five, six spots down, then everybody else comes. Because Romo will call a play out before it happens. Oh, yeah, watch this. This is what's going to happen. And it's just awesome. But in due time, uh, Olsen could be up there. I like Rondé Barber. Uh, of course, I used to like Chris Spielman, but former players, guys that know the game. Those are guys, you know, once their playing days are done, they should be on TV. Greg Olson is a guy that should be on TV right now, not signed for $7 million. Five and a half guaranteed with Seattle. That's just my opinion. Yeah, and I agree with you to a certain extent, you know, but, you know, you can't. He's a grown man. He knows he's been he's been in the league since 2007, I believe. So he knows the, you know, I'm sure the doctors explained to him because I really thought because, you know, of course, you watch football, you pay attention. When he took that hit, I forgot who was it against. It was against. But when he took that hit and they said it was a concussion, I said that might be it for Greg Olson because he's taking a couple of those now. And, he, you know, we're not talking about. Greg Olson in his second year. We're talking about an older Greg Olson. So I'm I'm just hoping that um you know the the wish him the best, man. If he if he feels like he can give Seattle one more one one good year and try to win a Super Bowl, I probably wouldn't have picked Seattle because they're in a division with San Francisco. So I might have left Seattle alone. But uh you know, go for it. I just hope that, you know, I'm, I'm like Kevin. I don't want to see, you know, you hate to see people going through that whole, you know, uh, just just CTE brain damage, that whole nine yards. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, he, he, he you know, can accomplish what he wants to accomplish with Seattle um, and then be in the booth. So we'll see. Yeah, true indeed. We will see. Uh, but last but not least, you, you touched on it a little earlier. Quentin Dunbar has asked for his release from the team. And uh, it was because previous management, i.e. Bruce Allen, had promised a new deal and things were going to be worked out. And apparently he's not going to get that now because Bruce Allen's not in charge. Uh, Doug Williams is not in the front office per se. He's not in the same role he was in last season where he had a little stroke there to quote Shawn Michaels. Um, so 
he asked for his release, which I think is um unfortunate. I, I will say that because I actually like Quentin Dunbar. Last season, Quentin Dunbar was rated the number one corner for like seven weeks straight while Josh Norman was rated the 111th, which was last. I'm sorry, he was next to last. It was out of 112 or something like that. But either way, he outshined Josh Norman last season. And to see to hear that he wants out, it kind of doesn't make me feel too good because he was the true number one. And now we do have Danny Johnson, Fabian Moreau, the People's Corner, uh, Jimmy Moreland. Uh, they did have Cody Sensenbaugh, Greg Stroman. You got young guys, Simeon Thomas, Kayvon Webster, and D. Delaney, and Breon Borders. But you got a lot of young guys. <sighs> we need Quentin Dunbar. I'm not even going to say it. Quentin Dunbar is needed. Do what you got to do to mend those fences to keep that body here. Because he's been here. And he's been productive. Don't let him walk out the door. I, I really think that the trade request, the release request, was to was a ploy to get the Redskins' attention. Be like, hey, take care of me or I'm leaving. And I think, um, I think he... I don't know if he already met with Ron Rivera or they're going to meet. I definitely got their attention. Because like I said, Ron Rivera, his staff, they're going through the tape now to see who's who. Because, you know, to see what he has, what he doesn't have. So I'm sure he saw, saw the tape on Quentin Dunbar. And it's definitely time to, you know, for, you know, you deserve an answer. As a player, you know, are y'all going to take care of me or not? If not, let me go do um, what I want to do. And the, the NFL is slowly transitioning to what the NBA – the NBA is an absolute player's league. Players say he doesn't want to play somewhere, doesn't want to go here. It's going to happen. And the NFL is slowly turning into that um, by the, by more and more by the hour. So hopefully – that situation gets taken care of. You keep your people in-house, in-house, and, you know, everybody's happy. Yeah, that, that, that's what's needed. Happiness from everybody. Because if you got a happy player, you're going to get a productive player. I will say that. Yes, indeed. Uh, that's all our red skin talk for tonight. We're going to take a break, pay some bills, come back. And we're going to cover a little college basketball, a little NBA, and whatever else we got DC that's on the plate. So stay tuned. We will be right back. And just like that, we are back. Now, we're going to switch on over. Uh, it's towards the end of February. So, you know. It's about that time. March Madness is starting up. And locally, we got a hot team. And I think if this team stays stays hot, I may be getting that coveted Title Town USA t-shirt. 
and I already know what I want on it because it's it's, it's DC, it's DMV, and you know it'll, it'll say Title Town USA, and then on the back it'll say like it'll have all the team logos and everything that got championships and Congos in the middle for you know the official music of DC, which is Go Go, but the Merlin Turpins, twenty two and four overall, fifteen and zero at home. 12 and 3 in the Big Ten. Wow. Nine nine straight. Um, number seventh in the AP top twenty-five. Um they're rolling right now, man. They're rolling right now. Um, the only thing that worries me is the, the away record, which is four and four. So, you know, March is around the corner. I'm just you know, I've been a big man. I've, I've never wavered my college basketball fanship. It's always been Maryland. Maryland football, basketball, field hockey, go-karting, you name it. I'm rooting for the Terps. So, to see them playing the way they're playing right now is awesome. Um, top 10, you know, it's, 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 it's a good trend. I just hope that... Uh, that they can find a way to win away from College Park. That that's you know, and, and I understand your your team has to learn how to win. But if they could just find a way to win away from College Park, I think that's when you start getting to your top two, top three teams. Because Baylor, Gonzaga, Kansas, and San Diego State are your top four teams. Out of the four teams, they've only lost one game on the road, and that's Kansas. They're eight and one. Then you have Dayton, number five. They're seven and zero on the road. Duke is seven and two on the road. And then Maryland and Florida State. That's when you start getting the bad road records. After that, after the top six. So you know, what you think, KG? Well, let me say this. I understand, and I I I got love for Maryland, and. That, that that comes from my mom being uh, in a generation with Lynn Bias and watching him through high school to go to college and being friends with him. You know, that meant a lot to my mom. So my mom's been a Merlin fan since, you know, I was a kid, like a young, young kid, like one or two. So that kind of carried over, but when I got old enough, I became a Georgetown fan, but I always had love for Merlin. But as we always say here, one of the inspirations for the sideline junkies is John Thompson. So I can't say that I'm a Merlin fan. I'm a Merlin supporter like BJ supports the Redskins, but he's a Bills fan. That's how I feel about Merlin. And the way they're playing now, like you said, if they can win away from home, they gonna be nasty, and I was thinking about it. You know, it was said last week that they were number one in the Big Ten, and everybody said that they couldn't play in the Big Ten. They playing Big Ten ball now, but if they win the outright title, number one, they win the outright Big Ten title, regular season, they go to the Big Ten tournament and they win. And I think Merlin might. That's go that's what they had. I don't mean to cut you off. That's what they have to do. They have to go in here. Regular season is nice. But they got to go into this Big Ten tournament 
and and slay some people. Yeah. Win this, they got to win this Big Ten tournament so they can get a good seed. And I think they'll get a number one seed. If uh, I don't know, I don't agree with you on that. But if they go, this is the thing. Nobody expected Merlin to come out of the gate and be the number seventeen in the country. Nah, they didn't. But you still got the Dukes of the world and Gonzagas. I think they're going to be fine. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the Big Ten, when you look at the other conferences in front of them, they're definitely one of the top. And um, it. We'll see. I'll never say never. If they win the Big Ten, depending on what else goes on, how many number one seeds are given out? Four, right? Yep, yeah. Four. That's going to be tough. Unless unless they can shoot up in them standings, it's, it's going to be tough to, you know, still. Because you're saying, ah, I got to go back to my, what you call them? Okay, you're saying, let's just say they got six teams in front of them. Okay, you got Baylor and Gonzaga haven't lost. So let's just say, I'm sorry, they lost one game. So let's just say everybody continues to trend. And let's say San Diego State, Kansas, Gonzaga, and Baylor win their respective uh, tournaments. That's your four seeds. I can't see see anybody else. San Diego State is 26-0. and 0. I don't know what conference. I'm trying to see if there's. And, and I'm going to tell you right now. They're a mid-major conference. They can go it's, it's, twenty-nine and zero, and they're yeah. not getting the number one seat. And see, and that's that's that, and that's one of the things I was I was going to allude to. Like they're they're probably not going to get. They could go seventy-four and zero, and they're probably not going to get enough. They're not going to get a number one seat over Duke if Duke wins the ACC tournament. You know, you know, it, it does. I think it still plays strength of schedule. So. Maryland has a chance. I don't. I'm trying to see how many games they have left. They got to play. Yeah, see, they only got two games left, and that's Minnesota and Rutgers, which are not. Neither one of those teams are ranked. So I don't want to get ahead of ourselves and they drop one of those games because mm. it looks like they're going to Rutgers. Actually, they'd be they'd be away. <laughs> These are two away games. These are two away games, so that's going to be a huge test. Actually, I'm sorry. No, they have one or two games left. What am I looking at? They got number 25, Ohio State. I was looking at the wrong screen. They got number 25, Ohio State, in Ohio State, um, Sunday the 23rd. They got Minnesota in Minnesota the 26th. Then Michigan State um, always plays well, even if they're not ranked. They got them Saturday at home. They go to Rutgers March 3rd. They finish out with Michigan at home on the eighth. So they they got some. They don't have a big boy ranked in there. They have to beat Ohio State. They they really have to beat Ohio State, but that's on the road. So we'll see. They've been having trouble on the road. If they can turn that, that if they can turn that, and, and win some games on the road, we'll see. Well. I agree with you there, and I I, I will say this. Uh, Jalen Smith, I hope like hell that he has a great rest of the season, a great Big Ten tournament, and that he has a, a, a great big dance. But I just hope he does not turn pro after this year. And uh, he's only a sophomore. 
but I wouldn't. You got to be three years removed from high school graduation to go to the NBA. Nah, don't give me. Uh... <laughs> I think so. He may. He, he may have to play another year. And San Diego State is in the Mountain West. San Diego State can win every game from now until eternity. They're not getting the number one seed. Uh, what? What? Uh, I don't think Gonzaga is going. Gonzaga is a, a, a powerhouse. True indeed, but they're not getting the number one seed. You don't think they would get a number one seed? I think the highest they probably get is a two. And if they continue on the way that they're going, the lowest they'll get is a four. That's the way it goes. With these, It's not about how good you are and strength of schedule. Now, San Diego State could have one of the hardest schedules in the country. They're not getting a number one seed because of the conference they play in. And they can everybody out of conference that they play, they probably didn't play any cupcakes to start off the season like you're supposed to. You know, you play because all you it used to be all you needed was 15 wins to get an invite. You know, those days have changed. You got to have 20 to 25 sometimes, depending on what conference you play in. But they're not getting a number one seed. They got. I don't mean to cut you off, but they got Jalen Smith in the mock draft going 25 to the Clippers. Yeah, I don't think that's good enough for him. Yeah, I, if 25th, I mean, don't get me wrong. If you're going to the bottom 20, the bottom, last 10, you're going to a winning team, more than likely. So, I mean, you would go to a situation where you're on a winning team, but then you have to evaluate, are you going to play? Exactly. Yeah, are you going to play? So, I mean, you know, this is mock draft. We're talking about February. So anything can happen. Jalen Smith can heat up, tear up the Big Ten tournament, rip up the ACC tournament, which was dramatically shoot his draft stock up. So we'll see. Big Ten tournament, brother. You you, you took it back too far. What what I say? ACC tournament. And that, oh <laughs> my God. Now that's one thing I'll say about Merlin basketball is I missed them playing North Carolina two times. Duke two times, and that's just the regular season. Those were primetime games, highly anticipated, no matter what the records of either team was, especially the late 90s, early 2000s, when you had Juan Dixon, Steve Francis, Steve Blake, Lonnie Baxter, Chris Wilcox. Those were knockdown, dragout battles. Yeah. Against Chris Duhon, Jay Williams, Sheldon uh, Williams. It, What's his name? Sheldon Williams. Yeah, Shane Battier. All those guys. Yep. Yep. And, and, and that's why I missed that. But hey, man, they they they're making they they got to catch up in the football department. But they're making they making they definitely making noise in the Big Ten right now playing basketball. So and, and a couple of other sports. I don't want to put down other sports because they they're doing good in the um, was it lacrosse? Mm-hmm. I believe it's lacrosse. Uh, that they won a championship in. So, yeah, they, I mean, but the basketball program right now is rolling. And, you know, I'll be front and center when it's time for my Terps to play, man. True indeed. Uh, keeping it local. We went from BJ's team. Now let's talk about my team, my beloved Georgetown Hoyers, coached by Georgetown legend, New York Nick legend, Patrick Ewing. Uh, it's been a rocky season. Uh, what was it? Three players got dismissed from the team. Three top-tier players got dismissed from the team this season. But Georgetown's 15-11 and 11 overall. 5-8 um, and eight in the conference. 
five and eight, and they dropped one tonight to Providence, seventy-three sixty-three. They were up in the first half. At the at the halftime, they were up thirty-four thirty, and went cold in the second. Providence came out, dropped forty-three. Hoyas only dropped twenty-nine. Can't win like that, fellas. But this is this is Pat's first year, right? This is Pat's second year. Second year, you got to get yeah. Pat. You got to give him some time, especially with having to dismiss three top top tier recruits. You you know what I'm saying? So, um, got to give him some time to get the pro because the program wasn't where it should have been when he took over. So you know they have to you know bring bring back you know Pat got to install his style of ball with his players. Um, and you know, I think you might you might see a turn, you know, beginning next season. But right now, this is just kind of just, you know, getting it, trying to get the program back to where it was, and and you know, just getting the the type of player Pat wants on the team. Now, I'm gonna say this: it's one player, and he's out of Virginia. What what city in Virginia? Let me make sure I got this right. He's from Gate City, Virginia. Uh, Mac McClung, and I watched him a few, you know, highlights of him in high school. And I thank Professor Lucky for turning me on. He said, "Your boys get ready to sign this kid." I was like, "For real?" He's like, "Yeah, the boy can dunk, the boy can shoot. Like he is, he he just a bad dude." And I want, I thought that they had the right players to to compliment him because they everything was seemed to be running smooth early in the year but then this situation happened where the players had to be dismissed it just didn't work out but i agree with you you're going to have to give pat some time you know i think any new coach you have to give them five years especially in college because it's going to take them time to recruit their guys get their type of players there because when you if I'm at an institution and I leave, BJ comes in, we have a totally different philosophy. He's coaching my guys. Once he gets his guys in there, you'll see a totally different team. So, you, you know, you got to give him some, some, some opportunity. But right now, it don't look too good for a uh, big dance. Uh, He's, Matt McClung has been hurt since uh, before the February 1st game. So they... They did not only did they lose three that they had to dismiss, but McClung hurt is hurt, which is which is their leading score. So they're running on a mass unit right now. Mm-hmm. So you know that you have to take that in account when you know when you're talking about a second half. They went cold. They probably were tired. You know what I'm saying? You know I don't know exactly how many they have. On the team, I have to look at the roster, but I'm sure, you know, once your leading score goes down and, you you know, you had to let some go, you know, you're not, you're definitely not full strength, so. They got 13 on the team. 13 players. Okay, okay. But you know, one thing about Georgetown, they, they're never short on big men. But the game is different now. It used to be inside out. Now it's outside in, back outside. You know, it's more jumpers being taken. You know, Georgetown produced Patrick Ewing, uh, Mike Sweetney, Othella Harrington, 
Alonso. Alonso, Dikembe. You know, and those days of Alonso and Dikembe, I just absolutely, I, I, I loved watching Georgetown basketball then. To see them go up against Syracuse and Billy Owens and things like that, Seton Hall, you know, the old school biggies, I do miss that. I, I do miss old school biggies basketball. But it's going to take some time. But Pat's going to get this right. I, I will say that. So, uh, last but not least, before we get out of here, we're going, you know, NBA is still on all star break. They don't come back till what, tomorrow, BJ? Yeah, I believe it's tomorrow. All right. They don't come back till tomorrow. But I got an NBA question. Well, two NBA questions for you, sir. Okay. Number one. Second half, looking at the Wizards. Do you think this team... <laughs> Don't laugh. Do, um, do you think this team can actually pull it together and at least move up and try to get at least to the eighth seed? No. Be the sacrificial lamb? No. No. Not at all. I, I don't think so. No hesitation. No hesitation, and I'm trying to bring up the Wizards' record. Uh, the Wizards are 20 and 33, so that means they would have to have their ninth right now. Actually, hold on, let me take that back. To be in the AFC, the Magic is are 24 and 31. So no, let me take that back. They could do a swing because they only have to do a, a four-game swing. Three and a half, four, yeah, and that's about right. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's crazy. No, no, no. It, it's, it's counted as three. They're 13 games under. Mm. And they all they have to do is go on a a, 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 a nice little 10-game tear in the Magic, you know, because it says the Wizards are, are six and four in their last 10. The Magic are three and seven. If that trend continues, guess who's going to be the eighth seed? The Wizards. But the now, Wizards. why stop at eight? Let's say... They do go on that swing, and out of ten games, they win seven. But the Magic go three and seven. Okay, then the next ten games, and what's that? They had, they, got, uh, they got a they got a chance to go up to seventh because the Pacers are thirty two and twenty three. They're not going to catch them. No, unless you know they have a ton of injuries. So the Nets are t- sitting at twenty five and twenty eight, seventh seed. The Magic of 24 and 31, eighth seed. The Wizards are sitting at 20 and 33. Can they get hot and, you know, reel off a nice little win streak and catch the Magic? Absolutely. You know, um, and they get absolutely annihilated in the first round by the Bucks. <laughs> yes. Absolutely embarrassed by the Bucks. You know, it's, it's coming. So, you know, would I like to see the Wizards make the playoff? Of course. But, you know, this team is definitely, you know, I, you know, I guess we'll see John Wall next year. Is John Wall going to make a difference? Yeah. They'll be back to uh, being a middle-of-the-pack team maybe. You know, they, you know, they won't – I don't think they'll be – definitely won't be where they are now. Would they be, be a top-five team? I don't – they might scrape the fifth, but – that's it. This team is missing uh, another. Le- Say it again. 
leadership. Leadership, they're definitely missing. But I was going to say, I'm I'm just talking about far as on the floor. They're missing another uh, legitimate score. They're missing the, the two-man now. Because, you know, when, when Wall and Bill's playing, you know, you had your one-two punch. Right now, they only have a one-punch with Bill, you know, when he wants to play. You know, he's been, he's been scoring decent, you know, the last couple of weeks. So now it's time to find out who else can do that. And they don't have that person right now. So we'll see. Okay. But what's your question, man? Last but not least. Now, we got a bet. And at the beginning of the season, I looked over this roster. I said, you know, this team can win, what did I say, 50 games? You said 50 games. 50 games. As of right now, where we're sitting, they're 20 and 33. It's only 29 games left. They can get, if they won every game, they would get to 49. Mm. But we know for a fact they're mm. not going to get to but 49. You already lost a bet, and the season's only halfway. Yep. Goodness so, gracious. My second NBA question is uh, what are we eating at, man? Ah, that's a good question. I think we might have to go see Sarah at Buffalo Wild Wings. Okay. Then that's who we're going to see. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to have to do. Oh, my goodness. So. And I'm ordering stuff just to throw away. I'm going to let you know this. <laughs> you know what? I'll I'll make sure. Follow the sideline. If you're not already doing it, follow the sideline junkies on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Because on one of those platforms, most likely Instagram, I'm going to go live. And I'm just going to give the camera a look and like, this is what he does to my money when he, when he wins bets. And we didn't set a cap on how much money I had to pay for lunch. You lucky I said Buffalo Wild Wings. I thought you was going to say prime rib. And I was going to just be like, you know what? I might as well go ahead and just work a little overtime because that's going to be an expensive bill. Oh, man. Well- Hey, I, I mean, don't don't pencil in Buffalo Wild Wings. But if we if we're going to see, you know, our lovely waitress that takes such good care of us up there, then you know, we can do that. All right, that sounds like a plan for me. I mean, it's not every day you go to Buffalo Wild Wings and get excellent service like we got the last time from her. So. Yeah, I hey I. Was happy last time, man. So, but yeah, we uh, yeah, I, I'm glad you made that realization that you you've lost your bet. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I'm 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 going to figure out my funds just in case BJ changes his mind. I'm not going to bed. So, with that being said, always remember, you ever want to call in. Uh, express your opinion. You know, you got something that you want to say, let it be known. 240-532-5477. That is the Sideline Junkies office number. Call in, leave your name, your message, and we'll be sure to get back to you and let you know whether it be on the next podcast or whether we just get you a call back. I'm like, okay, I'm with that. And, you know, we just have a whole interview over the phone. Doesn't matter. So let that be known in all just the DMs, you know. It goes down in the DM as uh the People's Choice Don Rodriguez says every Saturday on the Saturday Night WrestleManiacs. So 
that's all our time for DC Sports Rundown. Uh, we got DC has uh, made Go-Go the official music, so let's celebrate that. Listening to a little Saturday Night Fish Fry by Chuck Brown after this. So, that's BJ. I'm KG. We are two of your sideline junkies, and we are out of here. See ya. This has been another Sideline Junkies production, sponsored by Anchor FM. For any questions, comments, or even if you have a show idea, you can always email the fellas, sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. Junkies out.